I think in most cultures, uh, there's a certain fear of death, a certain fear of uh, the unknown, a certain fear of what might be the far side of this life. And I think in the human heart, if you look at different cultures throughout the ages, all, almost all of them, in fact, as far as I know, all of them have believed in some sort of an afterlife. You know, if you look at Aborigines, you look at Native Americans, you look at Africans, you look at Greeks, Romans, uh, they all believed in, in some sort of an afterlife, some sort of a, a spiritual realm, or, or in some way, I as a person continue to exist after my body died, in, in some way, shape, or form. Now, they, they can vary radically, but very, I, don't, I don't think there was any society that just believed once you were dead, that was it, just, just gone, end of story. Uh, I mean, there were ideologies that tried to push that belief, all right, but uh, in and of ourselves, we as human beings believe that there's something more, right? So there is an understanding of, of an afterlife. And at the same time, even though death is coming to us all, uh, it's something we don't like talking about. And something that, that, if I'm honest, isn't the easiest to preach about, right? Because you want to always be hopeful and joyful, and death is kind of the antithesis to that, really. It's kind of the opposite. Uh, so, and yet, we, we, we should be able to uh, deal also with this topic, the, top, the topic of death. You can't always do it at a funeral. That's not really the most opportune time to talk, to give a good catechesis on death, because then you have to talk about judgment, which isn't the easiest if you've got a wee coffin in front of you, it's not the best time to be talking about judgment. Uh, yeah, it's not going to be a great consolation to the family there present. So, but then we should use other opportunities to speak about it. And we started it yesterday speaking about, you know, with the whole scenario that we have, the whole situation that we have now with COVID-19, uh, and that this kind of fear of death that's out there, you know, as if, as if before COVID, nothing could kill you. And now we all have a we're all wanted men, you know, now, now the COVID's there. No, there were people dying before, there'll be people dying afterwards, and actually more people die of cancer. So, uh, like, it, we, we, so we, we should look at these things always from the perspective of people full of faith, right? So people called by Christ to be his disciples in the world. Okay, so we don't need to be afraid of death, even if this was as bad as a Spanish flu and it's nothing close to it. But even if this was, it was a very serious uh, or far more serious, or a far more deadly virus than it, than it is, uh, we would do exactly the same thing. Live a sacramental life, pray every day, and be ready to go tomorrow. Regardless of, you know, I mean, as I say, you know, you could live the healthy, you could eat vegetables all day, every day. What a miserable existence. You could eat vegetables, right, and eat healthy, and you could keep away from cigarettes and alcohol, and uh, you walk across the road and you get lampooned by a school bus, and that's it, you're gone. So you're gone from here, right? But again, big picture, what are we called to? Well, hopefully we're called to, we're called to heaven. So are you ready to go? Every day, are you ready to go? Any day, could be any day. So this is, this is our gospel. See that you're dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like men waiting for their master to return from the wedding feast, ready to open the door as soon as he comes. Happy those servants who find them, whom the master finds awake when he comes. I tell you solemnly, people in April, it may, be, it may be in the second watch he comes, or in the third, you don't know, might be in the middle of the night, might be first thing in the morning, might be just after breakfast, right, you don't know, but happy those servants if he finds them ready. And that, that's, that shouldn't actually be a negative thought, why? Because we call it our heavenly home, our heavenly home, this place where there's no more sorrow, 
no more pain, no more tears, no more separation, where we're perfectly united with God for all eternity, where we lack nothing, where everything will suddenly make sense, you know, why things happened the way they did, why God allowed things to happen the way they did. It will all make sense in God's presence, in this place of perfect happiness, perfect light, perfect and complete fulfillment for all eternity. Why wouldn't we want that tomorrow, this evening? Why wouldn't we want that? If, that's, if we're ready for it, then fantastic. Then it's really, really good. If we're not ready for it, get your lamps lit. Get ready. It's coming anyway. So get ready. And, and then we, we live a life. Uh, we live, if we live a life ready for heaven, we begin to create heaven down here. We begin to create a heavenly life down here because if I want to, if I really, really want to go to heaven, and so because of that, I have to be reconciled with my brother and I have to be reconciled with God, well, then I'm going to do my best to forgive quickly, to serve, to give of myself, to not be attached to material things because absolutely who cares? I'm going to leave them all anyway. So you do the best you can with the stuff you have and then you leave it behind you. And I'll be so disinterested in things that... I'm not here just to buy things and be a commercialist. I'm here to serve, to love. And then my time's up, I'm gone. That's, it's, it's, I'm sorry now if I'm a bit of being a bit too objective about this. Like, I know there's obviously emotion here as well. We'll miss, we, 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 we miss people when they're gone. And uh, you know, people we've loved, when, when they go, of course we'll miss them. Of course we'll cry. That's, that's perfectly natural and normal. It doesn't mean we're despairing for their eternal salvation, though. We just miss them. But we do hope and pray to be reunited again with them in heaven. This is our faith in our heavenly home with God who is Father, with Our Lady who is Mother, with Jesus who is our brother. So this is a good thing. One last point, if I may, just about judgment. Judgment's great. Uh, so um, our faith speaks about two kinds of judgment. There's the particular judgment and then there's the last judgment. And these aren't, I never really understood this. And whenever I was asked by our dear students what this means, I always dodge the question um, uh, somewhat strategically and use a Greek word to say, oh, that's, yeah, that's the epiclesis there, yeah, oh, yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> so uh, final, so particular judgment and last judgment. What's the story here? Uh, because, and I've seen, I saw a, 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 a kind of a, a map, a graphic done up by uh, an evangelical church, which so had our lives here, and then our, our death, and then heaven or hell. And then while in heaven, there was the option then, again, of a final judgment. So then from heaven, you could hit one of those snakes and end up kind of <laughs> down a bit, you know, in, in hell. And I thought, wow, hold on now. Well, that, mean, that means heaven then isn't really permanent until after the last... But if you got to heaven the first time, why would you fail the second time? What's the point of a second judgment, you know? So just to clarify all of this, okay. Um, when we die, there's what's called the particular judgment. So I see my life as it is before God. So in his light and in his truth and in his grace, you know, all is just simply laid bare. I see my soul as it is. There's no kind of excuses or whatever. What you've done, you've done. What you failed to do, you failed to do. All the good that you've done is visible. All that is there too. Oh, as we spoke about last week, any sins that we've committed that were absolved are absolved and therefore they're not there. So you don't have to carry like a lifelong of burdens and sins with you. Absolution is real. The forgiveness of sins is real. So what you've confessed is gone. Okay. Like the importance of the sacrament just, you just simply cannot be underestimated. Anyway, 
So we find ourselves before God, and here it is, all laid bare. And then that's it. I, I, I see God as he is. I see myself as I am. Do I want God for all eternity, or would I rather hold on to my, my sinfulness, whatever it was, my anger, my hatred, my lack of forgiveness for a certain person? Would I rather hate them for all eternity than forgive them and enter heaven? That might sound like a really obvious question. Of course, you'd forgive them. Would you, though? Would you? People who've hurt you, will, will you forgive them? Let that hatred go. Let that unforgiveness go and enter heaven. If, if it's so easy, why don't we do it here? If, this is, if it's so obvious, of course you'd forgive in order to get to heaven, really. Why don't we do it here so? Why do we hold on to grudges so long? Because remember, you're the same person. After we've died and our soul separates from the body, you're still the same person. So if it's so obvious that we should forgive and forget, well, not, not forget, we can't choose to forget, but you can choose to forgive. If it's so obvious that we should do it, why don't we do it now? Or all those other sins that we hold on to. If it's so obvious that we shouldn't be doing them, well, why don't we stop doing it now? So when we find ourselves before God, all of that is laid bare. So are we so sure that we will choose God for all eternity if I haven't chosen him for five minutes today? Yeah, it's, this, is, this, is really, this is really serious uh, with eternal consequences. So that's the, this missionary drive that we should have, that people will come to know God so that they will choose him for all eternity. Okay, but then we have a thing called the, the last judgment. The last judgment. And the Catechism explains it really well, which <clears throat> it's ten, number 1040 if you want to read it yourselves afterwards. So the last judgment will come when Christ returns in glory. Only the Father knows the day and the hour. Only he determines the moment of its coming. Okay. Then through his son, Jesus Christ, he will pronounce the final word on all history. So this will happen at the end of, of time, not the end of the world. We shouldn't um, Hollywoodize these things. The world's going to blow up or something. It's nothing about that. It's the end of time. When, when time here, earthly time has run its course. Uh, and then the Lord will pronounce like the final word on all history. Okay? Again, nothing to worry about. You lo if we're in heaven, we're already in heaven. If, and if we're not... Um, <laughs> we'll have other things to worry about. Okay. So, he'll pronounce the final word on all history. We shall know the ultimate meaning of the whole work of creation. We shall know the ultimate meaning of the whole work of creation and of the entire, of the en en entire economy of salvation and understand the marvelous ways by which his providence led everything towards its final end. Okay, that's a bit wordy. But what it means is... <clears throat> We shall know the ultimate meaning of the whole work of creation. So here we are in the year 2020. And I recommend to a person that they go to confession. And so they do. And because of that, they have a great experience of God's grace. And they begin to change their lives. I never see them again. It was nothing to do with me. We're just a signpost. <coughs> this direction. Uh, all right? And uh, because of that, he changes his life and maybe <clears throat> stops being unfaithful to his wife, becomes a very dedicated father. The family start to practice again. One of their children becomes a really holy family mom. A son becomes a priest and helps hundreds, thousands, hopefully, uh, of people to come back to God. All because in the year 2020, this guy went to confession and had a great experience of God's grace and changed his life. Now, if I die in 21... All of this hasn't actually happened yet. 
you get it? The, the person who has converted hasn't had their child yet, or that child hasn't become a priest or a sister or a family mom yet. So in, in, in time, it hasn't happened yet, but it will. So at the end of time, all of the good, the, the ultimate consequences of my actions, all of that is made visible. I will see then in God all of the effects of what I've done. Now, that's also the flip side. I'll see the, if I'm elsewhere, uh, I'll see the negative effects of what I've done. So I recommend it to a girl years ago. Do you know what? You're too young, you should just have an abortion. Just, just get rid of it. Get rid of the problem. You know, you're, it, it, it's just easier. It's just easier. And then have a family when you're ready. Okay, now I'll see the consequences of that child who never lived, who never grew up, who never got married, who never had kids, whose child would have invented the cure to cancer. I, I, all of the consequences, like the, 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 the fork effect like of every action we, we, we can do, make, think, is incredible. The effect that we have on each other, you know? And all that is visible. All that is just made present you know, in our final judgment, the ultimate consequences of our actions. So the good that we do today is, isn't just for today. The good that you do today, the, 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 the prayer that we make, even like these days now as we're talking about euthanasia and that, that means we're asking people or recommending to people or even making it easier for people to die before God has called them. Now, no one wants anyone to suffer. God doesn't want people to suffer. Suffering is a consequence of sin. But in God's power, he's able to turn suffering into something good. Now, is that pleasant? No. Do we like it? Of course not. Does God even want it that way? That wasn't the way he designed things. No. But how can he, how can he heal the negative consequences of our freedom without doing this? This is how love shows its triumph, that we throw all the mud and dirt and pain and suffering at love, and love just responds with love. That's how love triumphs. Rather than coming in, swinging a sword and chopping down all the enemies, it takes on itself all of the suffering, all of the pain, and transforms it. Now, this isn't an easy thing, and it's not easy for people without faith to understand, and even for us with faith. No one wants to see anyone suffer. We, we, suffering isn't, isn't a good thing. Okay, so we're never glorifying suffering here. Even the, the, the cross is not about suffering. It's about love, which gives itself and shows itself by dying. But it's about love. It's, the suffering isn't the goal. You, know, you never want people to suffer so that they learn. That's not, that's not what it's about. We want people to, to, to love. And we love, or we can come to, the, to greater degrees of love through suffering. As all of you parents out there know, when you, when you have a child and uh, you don't sleep for weeks, months, two, three years at the beginning, and then even after you do, and you're starting to get sleep again, then you're worried about when they're going to primary school, will they come home with fleas, or who are they hanging out with, or are they getting a good enough education? And then they go into secondary school and they start meeting the lads from the town, all them townie boys from the north side, or the south side, or the west side, or wherever city you're from, you know, and then they start coming home, Mom, I think I want to get a piercing. Who were you talking to? And, and then, then it's all fine and dandy till in their early 20s they come home with an, a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you don't approve of. And then you're, you're, you, you thought you were worried about them. You were only changing their nappies. 
<laughs> now you're on your knees almost 24-7, hoping to God they don't end up with the wrong person. And this, this suffering opens deeper and deeper levels of love within you that you didn't even know you were capable of. This, this is how love transforms pain. Love transforms suffering. So, so we need never be afraid. But every, every day, every day we're given so many opportunities to plant love. And I remember when you plant stuff, when you plant things, if any of you farmers or budding gardeners out there, when you plant, have you ever seen a, 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 any sort of a bulb? They look pretty ugly. They're like manky onions, right? Daffodils or bluebills or any of these yolks. Like you, you try eating them. They're absolutely disgusting. I did when I was about four, right? <laughs> Popped in a da apparently they're poisonous as well. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened. Um, so you, like, they look absolutely, you put them into the ground, they practically die, they sprout all over the place, they explode, and out of them comes life and beauty and fragrance. And, and this, this is the power of love. This is the power of God. So we have nothing to be afraid of. And that day then, when the ultimate consequences of all of our good actions, like when all of that is revealed and the people we have helped and the souls we've helped bring to him, and the suffering that we've offered up, and all of that is laid bare. When we're in heaven, we will just be astounded. We'll just be astounded at at the effect we had on, on the world, and we will be so grateful. Dare I say, for every opportunity that we had to suffer and to offer it up, and I don't say that lightly because I don't want I don't want to suffer, but I know that from from heaven it'll make sense. So we ask the good Lord to renew our faith and to reduce our fear of death. That rather than being focused on, on death, that we'll focus on living every day of our lives to the best of our ability through his grace, that our lives may be transformative and that we may be transformed into other Christs. Amen.